Hello, beautiful soul family. Britt Cannon here, host of the Walk On Podcast, the podcast where I try to demystify spirituality, personal growth and healing, and whatever else I feel like talking about. This week's episode is called Co-Creating a Better World. If you didn't listen to last week's episode about the law of attraction, that one kind of gives you some background on what we're talking about when we say co-creating. You don't necessarily need to listen to it to understand this one, but I do think that that's kind of the part one to this one's part two. So last week we talked about the law of attraction and how we can sort of manipulate the energy around us to manifest the kind of reality, the life, the situation, the circumstance we desire. There is some surrender that takes place with this kind of thing in the sense that you can't manifest anything that's not meant for you, that's not already in your vortex of desire, and what's not in alignment with, you know, your ultimate highest good and destiny. Because, like, what we're really here to do is expand like the universe that we are created in the image of, continuously expand. And if you're wishing for or trying to manifest something that's limiting to you, then you won't manifest it because the universe wants you (laughs) to grow and to heal and to feel better and to enjoy your life and to experience good, you know, experience love, experience abundance and heal those wounds that keep you out of alignment with that. So you can't necessarily manifest anything. Um, As I have seen with myself many times when I think I know what's best for me and the universe is like slapping my hand like, no, (laughs) not that person, not that situation, not right now, you know? And even sometimes like not that career, not that way of being, not that line of thinking. And I'm just constantly being redirected to, to a more loving and gentle and nurturing and grateful way of being and and really in a direction that suits me much better but i just you know you don't know what you don't know and and the less mature you are the more in the white supremacist capitalist heteropatriarchy what you're trying to manifest is and i think that's why i it's concerning to me how many spiritual teachers like only teach manifestation in the realm of capitalism you know like it's only about making money it's only about having the career you want and I've seen so many people talk about how they've successfully manifested you know money and and what they thought their dreams were but they forgot to mention anything about like happiness or fulfillment or self-love or anything like that and so they get what they want and then they realize they're still not happy. And then it causes this crisis of conscience where they have to reorient themselves and and reassess their goals and their priorities, right? And, And they still have to heal. They still have to feel better. And also, I think that this really lends itself to a conversation about the state of the world, because you cannot man- manifest yourself out of oppression <laughs> or or let's say like no amount of individual attainment you know no amount of individual manifestation or individual success or individual whatever is going to fix the systemic issues that are community problems you know these are these are humanity problems they're not individual problems and 
And you can gain privilege in one area and still be oppressed in another. So I think that the the understanding that energy is malleable and that reality is um a, a hologram in a way you know like it is a it is open to interpretation and and you can change your circumstance on like a molecular level as far as alchemy and magic is concerned or even just like visualization and affirmations and manifestation and to forget the bigger realities, you know, to be like, I just want to get what's mine. I'm playing hungry, hungry hippos with the rest of humanity. And I'm trying to get as many marbles as I can and fuck everybody else is just, you're just not all the way there yet. You just haven't unpacked what you need to unpack. And, and how can you, you know, it's like, I have this line in my song, A New Vibration, which the music video uh, just dropped last week. It's on my Brit Cannon YouTube page if you want to go check it out. It's all about like protest and it's a protest song. And I can't remember where I heard the quote, so forgive me for that. But I've carried it with me and thought about it every day since I first heard it many years ago, which is that none can be free while some are enslaved. Like if if you perceive yourself as free, but there is still someone out there in the world being oppressed, you know, there are still residents of Flint, Michigan who don't have clean water. There are still black people getting um, murdered by police and by militant fucking white supremacists who are doing these public shootings. There are still people in India dying from climate change. You know, there are still animals suffering at the hands of the factory farming industry. There are still... Still, 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 still. I mean, like, our rights are being taken away one at a fucking time with this nightmare of a Supreme Court in America. And fascism has taken hold in in the majority of governments in the world. And so if you perceive yourself as free, it's a lie. It's an illusion. It's a falsehood. You're just operating from a place of individualism that is actually doing active damage to your fellow human in the world. If you're a billionaire, someone is starving because of you. Because you're hoarding wealth, someone is suffering. And I think that people who really perceive themselves as spiritual or as attuned or as evolved and they are wealth hoarding or they are um, exploiting, you know, say they have a clothing brand and people who are making very little money are making the clothes that they sell that make them billionaires or whatever. Look at Jeff Bezos, you know, people are suffering in his factories or what are they called? Yeah, I guess warehouses, Amazon warehouses. You can't really be but so evolved if you aren't open to the suffering of all humanity. Now, it does really hurt to be open to the suffering of all humanity. Um, it is a, a necessary burden to feel the suffering of others. Um, this is something that all of us have the capability to tap into. Anyone who fancies themselves a special ass empath who has like special powers of perception and feeling others' feelings is just, you know, tapped into their superiority. Like that's their ego talking. We all are capable of this. It's just whether or not you choose to feel it. It is harder in many ways, but I would rather be open to that. I would rather unpack the capitalist inside me. I would rather consider the suffering of others than be 
consciously ignorant to it. You know, I love this phrase, conscious ignorance, because it's like, you know, ignorance is sort of seen as this thing that's like, you can't help, but, but we know better. It's like how my whole life I've watched movies and TV shows where a white person says the n-word and then it's like record scratch and then everyone's like pissed but then there are still to this day after you know 34 at least years of having this conversation and being shown that this is not a, a correct thing to do that you, you there's no reason for you to do this and that it really offends people um there are still 34 years later people doing that thing and arguing that they have a right to white people doing that thing and arguing that they have a right to it's like you are consciously choosing ignorance in this moment it's like men who catcall on the street like how many conversations have we had about this you are consciously choosing to not learn to not grow and um and I think a lot of people are stuck in that. I mean, COVID, I know y'all are sick and fucking tired of hearing me talk about COVID, but like, I see y'all out at these bars, out at these open mics, at these functions with going maskless, your naked, bare ass faces for all the world to see, just breathing in everybody's air. And the thing is not over yet. Every time I see a headline that's like post pandemic, I want to rip my own head off and flush it down the toilet because post what? It's still happening. And this is conscious ignorance. This is choosing to be fucking uninformed, unconscious, unloving, unkind, ungenerous, and just a real pain in the motherfucking ass. That's what conscious ignorance is. (laughs) So the beauty of realizing that you have power and autonomy in this world, that you have choice in this world, that you can choose to heal, you can choose to feel better, you can choose to be more considerate and kind and patience that patient, that you don't have to become one of those like old bitter people who hates everyone, who like regrets their lives, who ends up alone and suffering. Like you have a choice in the matter. You that is not just like the way things go. One of my least favorite things I hear is that like, well this is just the way it's done. It's like, well fuck you and fuck me too because what the fuck? If something is not working, change it. Let me tell you a little story. So <laughs> I left my family. I I became estranged from my family in a surprising way. Like I didn't expect it to go this way. I like packed up my truck. I decided I was going to do the van life thing for a little while. I had a storage unit with all of my like sentimental belongings, my whole wardrobe, all of my show posters, like my college degree, just like everything was in the storage unit. And then while I was traveling, everything unraveled and I, I realized that it wasn't safe for me to ever go home again. So I have no documents, right? I have my driver's license and that's it. I moved to New York. Someone steals my wallet on the train and now I have zero documents. I have spent the last three years gathering documents, trying to like get myself established again. (laughs) Countless trips to the DMV, passports appointments made and broken just failure after failure trying to get myself like 
back online as far as like being a human being (laughs) and life is hard if you don't have any all I have is a birth certificate and like a high school transcript and mail and like my credit card and debit card but like I don't, that's not enough for the DMV, I guess. And so this is very frustrating because you need all your documents to get your other documents and no one will help me. Like (laughs) no person working in any position of power regarding this issue will help me. No one will listen to me. No one will give me advice. Googling is useless. It's just the most frustrating thing. And I constantly ask myself like, Why do these bureaucratic hoops of flaming gasoline (laughs) exist for me to jump through? But it's not serving me at all. It's simply upholding the bureaucratic institution, but it does not serve me. Like, why do health insurance companies exist if you have to pay you know, a $400 copay for a doctor to tell you, for a doctor not to take you seriously. You know what I mean? Like nothing that's in place really serves us in any kind of tangible way, even though everyone pretends like it does. In fact, they just make our life, our lives, our collective life harder. They waste time. (laughs) It's just like insane. So all of this to say, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just got really distracted thinking about this fucked up situation I'm in. Um, basically, on down to the most tiniest, most minuscule, most unimportant, you know, trivial, bureaucratic bullshit thing, our system is working against us. Um, I think it's becoming more and more clear as we get to late stage capitalism and we're really facing like a huge societal collapse because like, you know, we're seeing food shortages, like baby formula, formula shortages, inflation is out of control, rent almost everywhere is unattainably high. Um, people are fleeing cities, moving into their vans, like building tiny house communities, which I saw a picture the other day of Hoovervilles. Did you learn about this in history class? Like Herbert Hoover was such a shitty leader that like, you know, great depression and all that stuff and people couldn't afford rent. And so they built these tiny shack communities of all these little tiny houses. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's like... (laughs) That's like the 19 whatever's version of a tiny house community. Like we're doing it again. It's just a little bit more chic and like, you know, um, aesthetic now. (laughs) And we have solar panels and, you know, ways to get running water and shit. But uh, things are not looking good. And with the climate collapse happening um shit's about to fall apart and I think this is a unique opportunity as with every tower moment throughout time um it's an opportunity for things to change I am under no illusions that the powers that be have any interest in doing things any way other than the way it's always been like I understand that they are both feet in invested in maintaining the status quo and that's because it's worked for them this reminds me of abusers like 
abusers don't change or heal or do things in any different way other than the way they've always done them because it works for them. They get all their needs met. You know, they might get left at the end by everyone. They might not be able to hold on to people forever, but eventually they tend to hook someone who's going to fucking stick around. So they get control in a relationship. They get power. They get safety. They get devotion. They get admiration. They get um, to exist with no boundaries being laid to them, with no one ever saying no to them. They get every a bit of supply that they want and need to feel loved and important and safe when they're abusing someone who's totally wrapped up in them. Why would they change? And there's always another victim. You know what I mean? Like there's always someone else. This is why, you know, when you date an older man who dates like, well, when you date an older person, I will say man because like the power imbalance is more implicit with a heterosexual, you know, older man, younger woman relationship as like when you leave them, they continue dating younger and younger and younger. It's like how Leonardo DiCaprio has been dating like basically 19 year olds since he was 19. (laughs) And now he's like a hundred. I don't know how old he is. He's like 50 and his partners are still in their early twenties. Like there's something up there. He's not changing. He needs to have more power. He needs to be more worldly. He needs to have more knowledge and he needs to have a partner um, that is capable of the love and adoration and like codependence. This is just speculation, by the way, allegedly, um, that only someone who's that young can offer. And I think that's, uh, that's happening in our government in a way, like they are getting everything they need and want. They have, money, their unchecked power. They have brutal police forces of white supremacist, um, individuals like doing the dirty work, whether it's like world police military status or, um, regular police in cities carrying out the protection of property over people in, in, you know, killing people who are marginalized already in protecting and like catering to people who are literally killing people. I was thinking about this this week, how like when the left protests and loots and like destroys property or whatever, it's like, oh my God, it's like end of times, end of times, the world is falling apart, the sky is falling chicken little, like, this is so scary. And when a a white teen with a power complex goes into a place of, like, where civilians are and murders people with an assault rifle, they're, that's fine. It's like, oh, he's wounded, he's mentally ill, he got rejected a bunch romantically, like, you know, he's misguided. He didn't have any friends. It's like, what? That is the most clear example of like property over people and also white supremacy. (laughs) It's like undeniable, you know, the cognitive dissonance going on with these people, even I don't even want to call it cognitive dissonance. Conscious ignorance is more correct, but it's also, it seems more malevolent than that. Like it seems like 
they just pretend that it's not white supremacy, even though it most definitely is. And I know that's not like a new point. I'm not bringing anything new to the table here. I'm just like frustrated in this moment. And it's this episode is supposed to be about co-creating a better world. And I've been basically bitching about how fucked up shit is for 20 minutes. So I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> in my own life, in the moments of 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 the most crumbling, you know, the moments where I am looking around, my tower has fallen, I am knee deep in the rubble of it. And I'm just like, wow, everything I had built on a faulty foundation, everything I was under the illusion um, that it was working when it wasn't like everything that was built on my unconscious impulses from childhood, everything that I didn't really like that wasn't sustainable for me. Like everything that wasn't meant to come with me has now been ripped away. And here I am with nothing rebuilding from the bottom again, like yikes a every single one of those moments in retrospect, has been one of the most beautiful, transformational, fertile, redirecting, like magical miracle moments of my life. In the moment, I was like, this fucking sucks. I don't know if I want to keep living, (laughs) you know, like bad, bad. But in retrospect, that was where I was like, oh, I actually get to decide where I go now because I have nothing. I'm not attached to anything and I can choose. Like no one is here to tell me what to do because they've all dipped. And while I am heartbroken and sad and scared and very lonely, I am in control of my life all of a sudden. And that's like a lot of power. You know, I talk a lot about taking responsibility and how like, how responsibility doesn't always feel great, but it is so empowering. Like even if you, if you can manage to, to divorce shame from responsibility and you can just hold the responsibility of like I have made choices (laughs) in my life and without the like I am a terrible person and even people who've done terrible things like you know people who've really hurt me I'm not going to be the one to absolve you of your shame you know like I am going to be I'm going to stay mad at you you know what not mad but like you're in my freezer (laughs) I blocked you on Instagram. You know what I mean? But like, I don't want you to feel shame. I want you to feel better. I want you to heal. I wish healing on everyone who's ever hurt me. Everyone deserves to heal. Everyone deserves to feel better. And I don't, shame does not equate or it doesn't lead to healing. Shame only leads to more pain and suffering because shame is such an uncomfortable feeling that we will do anything not to feel it, including lie to ourselves and others. So responsibility is kind of the opposite of that. It's stepping into the light. It's engaging with self-compassion and it's just owning your story, owning your path, owning your choices. I haven't always made the best choices. I have made a lot of choices that if I could go back, I would not make them. (laughs) But because I made them, I was hurt so bad or I hurt other people or, you know, because I made them, I was awakened to the fact that these were choices that I was engaging in and that I could make different ones. And then I started to make different ones, which always leads me back to 
Dr. Maya Angelou's Infinite Wisdom. You can't know better till, or you can't do better till you know better. But once you know better, please do. So in that microcosm of my life, if these collapses, if these if these tower moments, if these, you know, deaths before the rebirth of a new way of being were that powerful and magical and transformational, and just these brilliant opportunities to connect with my self-love, to ask my inner child what they wanted, to engage with self-compassion and forgiveness, to redefine my own integrity to myself, and to question the way that I have always done things, then it, it as above, so below, as within, so without, <laughs> everything is everything. Um, it must be true on a global human community scale. Like, this is an opportunity. Things collapsing, you know, this is... <laughs> the universe starts with a whisper. I say this all the time. This is like the truest thing I have ever learned. The universe starts with a whisper and like a gentle tap on your shoulder. And it's like, hey, you're fucking up. (laughs) And you're like, la, 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 I can't hear you. And then it's like, "Uh, uh, uh, um, excuse me, you're fucking up. (laughs) And you're like, I thought I heard something, but I'm not sure. And then it's like, tap, tap, tap. Hello. I think you're making bad choices. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever voice. I think that I can like turn the volume down on you. And then it gets louder and louder and louder. And then you're encountering boulders and then things are getting snatched away. And then there's a wall in front of you and then your house falls down. And before you know it, you're in the eye of a hurricane and you're like, um, I think I may have contributed to this in some small way. (laughs) And the the trick with healing is to listen sooner and sooner and sooner until you're listening to that tiny voice, until you're anticipating the change, until you don't need things to be chaos before you, you know, make a different choice. And right now we are in the eye of the hurricane as humanity like things can definitely get worse and they probably will because lord knows the people in power are just allergic to change they cannot make progress and every little bit of progress we do squeeze out of them with pressure and protest and grassroots organizing and um and you know just learning on a like individual to individual scale, like we, we've outgrown them. We've outgrown the institutions that hold power over us. And I think that's why those conversations about voting are so frustrating because it's like, you know, I like, it's not the only solution. And to every year or every election cycle, I should say, to vote for someone who does not hold my own best interests or the best interests of any of us 
in their policy like they don't make the choice that serves us in any shape or form and to be told time and time again because the way the system is set up because it's set up in that bureaucratic way where it is set up to sustain itself like all of the bureaucracy all of the paperwork all of the voting all of the hullabaloo to get we we don't directly elect people because the system needs it to remain you know what I mean like nothing is set up in a way that challenges the institution which is why you get people saying this is the way it's always been done so we can't do it any other way we're like so steeped in tradition and like tied to our constitution even though it was written by slavers that's why it's so frustrating to be told that all I can do his vote or that this is the most important election of our time it's like no fucking shit dude every election is the most important election of our time um it's not getting us anywhere because they don't have any interest in changing because things are working out choice for them you know like they have everything they want and need they love their fucking power you know they slap a rainbow flag on a on a drone bomb or whatever and call it a day call it progress call it justice and it's old it is tired and the universe is screaming right the earth is screaming humanity is screaming a million dead from covid and we're in another wave now you know almost the whole country is red it's not looking good (laughs) but these are the moments where a new reality can be born. Before I get into the actual positive (laughs) positivity in this episode, we're going to take a quick little break and I will see you in a sec. Bye. Brought to you by the haunted mind of Brit Cannon. A walk-on production. Flight of the final girl. A journey through the nightmare of generational trauma and into the sunrise of survival. Run, don't walk. It's flight of the final girl. Anywhere books are sold. So co-creation, co-creation is a conversation between you and God or the universe. Co-creation can be, you know, it's like in prayer and meditation, um, prayer is sort of the question and meditation is waiting for the answer. So prayer is the call, meditation is the response that is where you open up to receive the guidance from the universe and co-creation is when you are in the perfect balance of of asking and receiving of surrender and choice and autonomy you know where you really realize like I am in control of my own life. I am the driver of this avatar. Like I do have some say in what happens to me and what I experience but also I'm in surrender to the flow that the universe is bestowing upon me. You know that I am living moment to moment. I am present. I am enjoying life. I am in gratitude. 
I do not resist challenges when they arise. You know, I'm not in a why is this happening to me sort of way. I am in a way that's like, what is this teaching me? What am I learning from this? Um, What got me here and how can I get out of it? How have I survived in the past? Like, it sounds maybe simplistic or like maybe frustrating depending on where you're at in your journey because it definitely felt frustrating during moments of mine. But that doesn't make it any less true. <laughs> it's a tough pill to swallow, but only only if you're like further back on your path. At a certain point, this will all click into place and make sense to you and it'll feel good. At a certain point, when you've unpacked enough shame, when you've unpacked enough resistance, responsibility feels like empowerment. It feels like maturity. It feels like kind of like loving being an adult <laughs> and and it really becomes like an expression of love one of the many ways that you can deepen your relationships deepen your connection to life deepen your connection to god and like show up in integrity and that feels really really good when you're ready to feel it <laughs> so but i also think that co-creation can speak to like communal efforts right because like no man is an island nothing has ever been accomplished with one person alone like it takes a village is not just a cliche it's also just a truth like an album is made with multiple people a book is written with multiple people a movie is made with a whole like cities worth of people um everything requires interdependence in order to co-create um this is like you know people have these visions i have a vision of um of owning land and like cultivating and growing my own food and being like as self-sustainable as possible having solar catching rainwater composting like all of that that's my dream that's my ultimate goal that is to me like the happiest and most safe and secure that life could possibly feel um which is why the government is so very opposed to people doing this in the sense that they have like ready-to-go laws that they don't enforce right now, but if they ever need to, they can enforce them and things like growing your own food could potentially become illegal, Um, which is scary. But (laughs) let's stick to the light for the rest of this conversation, maybe. Um, But those goals and dreams are unattainable on an individual level. Like one or two people cannot farm feasibly enough food to feed themselves um, exclusively from the land. You need a team of people to cultivate the land and to make sure the crops grow, to even harvest it. Like it's just, it's too much work for just a couple of people. You know, I think it's like really wild how um, Western society and like, (laughs) you know, like the post- indigenous genocide world is so obsessed with the nuclear family and and this like unit of like mother father 2.5 children dog cat white picket fence you know <laughs> um 
little house in the suburbs like we're so fixated on this image and this like ideal of success and and what it means to be especially American and we're you know the leave it to beaver ideal in our minds isn't a reality anymore like it's not possible to be a one income household with a stay-at-home parent anymore like some people are able to do it but the majority are not you need two incomes to afford to live and put food on the table. And so that requires what? Childcare, um, babysitters, nannies, help from families, public school, <laughs> teachers, staff, you know, and then at schools, there are whole communities of like the people who run the cafeteria, the custodians, the librarians, the guidance counselor. So like even in our in our rugged individualistic ideal of society and this like um, insular nuclear family unit of like heterosexual culture, (laughs) um, even in that, the, the institution, the individuality, the, the we are a unit belief is false. Like there is a community of interdependent beings raising your family helping you you know it's like if both parents work all the time they usually have someone who cleans their house um if you order food out like it's we are interdependent as a species even though we don't see it that way and because we're so obsessed with unchecked consumption you know that we need more 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 like you have these famous people who have like a house the size of a shopping mall and 27 cars and, you know, multiple homes and a private jet and million dollar wardrobes. And it's just, it's out of hand. And, and then we want to emulate those people. So we consume as much as we can to get as close to that image as possible. And then we post it on the internet and then we get likes from it, which boosts our dopamine. And then we're stuck in this cycle instead of just like unpacking it and realizing the globalization and the consumption that we've become accustomed to is not sustainable. It's not healthy. It's not real. It's not fulfilling. Um, and that we should co-create in a different direction or at least consider doing so. This does require a little bit of a sacrifice in the sense that you know, we need to redefine what comfort means. We need to redefine what stability means. We need to redefine what justice looks like. You know, I, I really just like these like girl boss, you know, like first CEO of this company and just first woman CEO of this company or whatever. It's like, I don't need more women CEOs. I don't need more queer CEOs. What I need is no more CEOs. Like <laughs> I need no more big business. I need I need sustainable solutions. I need generosity in taking care of people. I need a government that serves the people and not their own individual interests. I need less ego in power. I need, (laughs) I really need simplicity. 
you know, abundance in the sense that I have everything I need. In the way we live right now, meeting our needs is getting more and more difficult with every passing day. And and in that regard, I've been unpacking my dreams and desires, unpacking my sort of dependence on life performance. I've I've grieved, you know, I've lost, I've reoriented and reassessed and redirected and, and it's fine, you know, like it hurt. I was sad. There was grief. There's a lot of change, but I'm just not willing to, or let's just say I know I am very familiar with the futility of resistance and I know that it just delays the inevitable. So when I see that something needs to change, I change it. I don't wait. I don't throw a fit. I don't, you know, operate delusionally and pretend like it's not happening. I just like flow and, and flow is part of co-creation because you do have to be open to the, to the conversation with the universe. You do have to be open to the guidance you're receiving. You know, I feel like we feel all the time. I mean, how many relationships have you been in where you knew within the first six months that it wasn't a long, it wasn't supposed to be a long-term thing, that it wasn't going to work out, that this wasn't going to make you happy or grow with you, or that it wasn't going to work out for you. Not in a way of just like, I'm in fear because of my attachment style or because of my childhood wounding, but in a deep visceral gut sense, you knew this person is not the person for me and you ignored it and you stayed. And the reasons that you knew it wasn't going to work out in the first six months were the reason it didn't work out, you know, four, seven, 10, 12, 25 years later. Like, has that happened to you? Be honest. (laughs) Because it's most certainly happened to me. And that little voice that you don't listen to can become stronger and louder the more you engage with it. It's a muscle. Your intuition is a muscle like any other muscle in your body. And the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And the the more you engage with it, the clearer it gets. Now, to me, even if I'm not meditating, my dreams, the, the uh, messages that I receive in my dreams are so crystal clear that it's like astounding. Like, I get my messages strong. And that's because I listen to them. So in co-creating with the universe, you learn that, um, that you, that the receiving is as important as the asking receiving in the sense of the guidance and the messages and the wisdom and the intuitive pulls towards what your highest good actually is, but also the receiving of blessings you know so many people will receive a blessing and like swat it away and be like no thank you (laughs) I don't want that I don't want to be happy I don't want something that's for my highest good or like I don't deserve that or I'm too afraid of that and they miss an opportunity I mean opportunities will always keep coming (laughs) there's this line from can't hardly wait this like 90s teen coming of age movie let me know if you've heard it um or seen it (laughs) but it's one of those mixed metaphors I love mixed metaphors I think they're so funny 
Um, but the this drunk teen tells another drunk teen that women are like trolley cars. There's plenty of them in the sea. <laughs> Opportunities are also like trolley cars. If you miss one, another one will come. And you can't really like miss what's meant for you. Although I know you definitely can, because I know a lot of people who've missed every single opportunity and then they get to the end of their life lives and they're like, wow, I'm so full of regret and bitterness. <laughs> so you can miss out, but they will, the universe will keep trying and they don't get impatient with you and they don't get angry. Um, so there will always be another one, but like maybe, maybe if you miss one, align yourself with that energy so that you can fully receive the next one. And so where co-creating is concerned, um, we, we need to show up for each other. We need to care. And I know I'm probably preaching to the choir because I know the people who engage with this podcast know this, you know, I know you're on my wavelength, but for any newbies who come along, for anyone who's into spirituality, but isn't into politics, for anyone who, who thinks that they're separate, who any, anyone who is into individual manifestation, but hasn't expanded it to include the rest of the world and the fate of humanity, let me just reiterate that, um, show up for struggles that are not your struggle <laughs> because one person's struggle is everyone's struggle. None of us can be free while any of us are enslaved. If one person on this planet is being oppressed, abused, marginalized, mistreated, we are all being mistreated because we are all one living, breathing, pulsating, energetic, vibrating entity. Like we exist on the same vibration. In my transcendental meditations, I see that we are all tethered together in this energetic vortex, which is really like love. It's the universal frequency of love, of existence, of life itself. And so when you see one person being harmed, it harms you. When you harm someone else, you are harming yourself. When you harm yourself, you are harming other people. And we are so disconnected from that truth, from that reality, from our own empathy, from our own consciousness that we either cause harm or look away from harm being caused. I mean, living in New York City is like a macro microcosm of this in the sense that the destitution and the poverty and the suffering here is like, you know, on 11. It is, it is ever present and it is extreme. And you see people on the train, you know, when someone is like clearly doesn't have housing and, and, you know, is like, um, asking for money on the train or whatever, like the amount of people who just avert their gaze, who look away, who ignore. And it's the impulse to is very strong because it's uncomfortable. And it's like, it's painful to, to see people in that state. And, and sometimes, you know, they might be a little scary or, or, um, mentally ill or just like, so like, dejected so like neglected and abused by the system we all live in that like it be they become 
like an uncomfortable presence, an uncomfortable reminder of so many things of like, of the danger in the world of how close we all are to being on the street, how, um, just, you know, every, they represent everyone's like greatest fear within capitalism is that they will lose everything and have no resources and be unsafe and untaken care of. And instead of engaging with compassion, with, with, activating ourselves to do something about it instead of at least engaging with a person's humanity it it becomes this like ignore it just like with covid ignore it just like with everything else that's going on in the world just like the presence of american military um like oppressive and violent forces in other countries like the harm we've caused is unprecedented uh, in the modern world. And, you know, we are the bad guys. We are the world power that's caused chaos nearly everywhere we've gone. We've done more harm than good. Um, and we're like, it's us in Britain and like, we're the reason for all the suffering in the world. And, uh, and instead of acknowledging that it's like critical race theory, like just look away, just pretend it doesn't exist. I don't want to be reminded that the harm that white people, has caused is like still very tangible, you know, that slavery wasn't that long ago, that it was as horrifying as, as it was, and that we need to like look at it and address it and take responsibility and, and change so that history doesn't repeat. I read this thing this morning, this thread on Twitter that the quote unquote Spanish flu of 1918 was a global flu, but that they only really acknowledged it in Spain, that everyone else kind of like suppressed it and ignored it, even though it killed a hundred million people. And that there were no books written about it, no stories written about it, no movies made about it. Like it just was a forgotten pandemic. And the person who wrote the thread on Twitter was like, I used to be like, how the fuck did they let this happen? And now I'm living it. And I'm like, oh, right, that's how. So let's co-create awareness. Like, let's co-create presence and consciousness. Let's co-create caring about one another, seeing each other's humanity and divinity and holding space for both of those things at the same time, engaging with our compassion, being generous of spirit, helping out, you know, orienting ourselves not towards endless mindless consumption but towards helping advocacy caring activism standing up for one another you know showing up for fights that aren't our individual fights um unpacking the stuff that that our ego clings onto to help us feel superior like if you're a christian and you feel superior to people who've had abortions or people who believe in the right to bodily autonomy or trans people or queer people if you're white and you feel superior to other races if you're whatever you know like if you've made it in capitalism and you feel superior to poor people like unpack that shit don't just cling to it rest on your laurels and be like yes i am correct i am entitled to superiority challenge the impulse to be superior um, unpack your goals and desires, realize that your dreams might have been 
created in a different world than the one we're living because we are hurtling towards our own demise. We are ignoring the warning signs. We are not listening to the whispers and, and keeping us all separate from each other, separate from each other's struggles in feeling like we have to oppress one another in order to get our heads above water within the system that we want to be picked by the system. You know, we want to be the ones that overcome and succeed and kind of like fuck everybody else. Um, these impulses are, are more dangerous than you can imagine. Like (laughs) we, I'm not saying they would change the system. You know, I'm not, I don't have any hope in the system. I am so disenfranchised that I have fallen off the face of the earth. Like, (laughs) but we do have power from person to person. You know, there are people right now living outside of capitalism within capitalism. There are people who make sustainable choices. There are people who run companies who do so ethically and generously and not capitalistically like there are people who who sell dish soap not in plastic bottles <laughs> with healthy materials who um run their businesses with integrity like there are and that's just a teeny tiny example you know there are so many people doing so much good you just have to find the other helpers connect with them join forces with them encourage them be inspired by them and see how you can um can practice those same principles within your individual life in your spiritual life and in your community life. And that brings me to developing community, growing community, um, and the kind of like self-awareness, healing, um, inner work, putting the ego aside that being in community requires, you know, in community, there is no place for passive aggressive passive aggression, manipulation, abuse, toxicity, gossip, elevate yourself, you know, commit to a higher way of being, commit to a place of integrity within yourself, only engage in relationships that allow you to stay in your integrity. Fuck this bullshit that you have to you know, tiptoe, eggshell walk around the feelings of people who want you dead. You know, <laughs> fuck this shit. Um, fuck respectability politics. Fuck compromise in a lot of ways. Like we want what we want and what we want is not a lot. We're not asking for the moon and the stars. We're asking for an inhabitable planet. We're asking for the survival of humanity. We're asking for safety and and housing and food and and our basic needs met and like a healthcare system that actually serves us where it's not asking a lot. It's asking, you know, kind of the bare minimum. (laughs) It's like, it's like in a relationship, like you want basic human decency and consideration. That's not a lot. That's not high maintenance. That's just like having boundaries. (laughs) Um, and 
And we can do this little by little by co-creating it with one another. And, and I really do believe, maybe you don't believe this, but I really do believe that if we, this is be the change you wish to see in the world. You know, if, if I raise my vibration and that's not a judgmental statement, it's just that like, I understand that when I am in my integrity, when I am laying my boundaries, when I am protecting my energy, when I am engaging with work that fulfills me, when I am doing my service work, when I am learning and growing and healing and becoming the best version of myself, my vibration is higher. I feel better. I have more energy. I am more generous. I am more compassionate. I am more patient. I am kinder. I am more forgiving. Um, and I can, I am empowered to be the best I can be in every moment. And that is increasingly better with each passing moment because I am doing the work that is high vibrational to me. It's not being always positive. It's not being like love and light. Nothing's ever wrong. No, when something's wrong, I call it out and that makes me feel better. <laughs> um, when I raise my vibration, when I am living in a way that is in line with my integrity, the people around me are also people who are doing that. Anyone who is not doing that, who is in resistance to that, who has a certain amount of stake in not growing, not changing, being dishonest, repressing their feelings, you know, mistreating or manipulating people, anyone who can't come on this frequency and stay vibrates away from me. And so that and then that sort of pays itself forward anyone that i am close to ends up aligning with my vibration like they they come and join my party like <laughs> or anyone who's been higher vibrational than me anyone who's had a better handle on this than me when i encounter them my vibration rises because i'm like oh shit what a cool way to exist what a happy life this person has you know how fucking cool is it that they can just like say no and mean it you know these little things have inspired me to be like, oh, that's how you do that. Oh, that's how you live. Oh, that's what a healthy relationship looks like. And then I just kind of wiggle myself into a new vibration. And then everyone I encounter does the same. And so in this way, like ripples in a pond, you know, you're just one drop in the ocean. But when you fall and drop into that water, your presence reverberates out into bigger and bigger and bigger circles, you know, in bigger ripples until you affect and change the world. And I know that might be corny and I know it might be simplistic, but I am a firm believer that things are so much more simple than we make them. It's like, it's like proving my identity. Like I am me. I pay taxes <laughs> I have been the same person in the same body since I was born. Why is it so difficult to prove I am who I am? You know, it shouldn't be that fucking hard. <laughs> we have made things so utterly unbearably difficult for ourselves that we are facing our, the possibility of our own extinction. And 
that says it all right there. So let's get back to basics. Let's get back to simplicity. Let's make sure that the way we are living serves us, serves our highest good, is in line with our integrity and do the inner work and the outer intercommunity work and the outer political activism work and the outer spiritual work that allows the frequency of the world to change, that inspires people who see us living our best life, not in a capitalist way, not in an influencer way, but in a way that is just like, damn, there is something about that person. I always think of Dr. Maya Angelou because... The first time I heard her speak, I was like, what power does she have? Like, you know, she has that, that, um, poem, um, still I rise where it's like, you know, um, you may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt. But still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Cause I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like suns and like moons with the certainty of tides. Just like hope springing high, still I rise. Did you want to see me broken? Bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard, cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words, you may cut me with your eyes, you may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like air, I rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Like, what? (laughs) What? I was so intrigued, so drawn by her power, by her inner confidence, by her integrity and the way that she upheld it, the way that she respected herself, the way that she said no, the way that she stood up for people, the way that she cared and her softness and her ferocity that my whole life I've been striving and working and growing towards being that kind of person, that kind of presence on this earth. And so you have no idea how you affect people. You have no idea the power you have, the power in connection, the power in community, the power in respect, the power in consciousness and consideration. And I really, really, really just have to, just have to believe that the power to change the world exists in that, in small changes, in inner growth reflecting outwards, in inspiring one another, in supporting one another, in celebrating one another. I just have to believe that it will make a difference. And, you know, I think the the big beast of the system feels insurmountable. It feels bigger than God. It feels all powerful and omniscient and like indestructible. But there was once a time where monarchies felt indestructible. You know, (laughs) there have been 
empires before that felt like they were going to last forever. You know, the epitome of success, the epitome of opulence, the epitome of power, and they fell and we will fall too. But falling doesn't have to mean, um, extinction, you know, that maybe the end of the world we're looking at is just the end of capitalism. And maybe there is life after that. And maybe if we do the inner work, when this tower falls, we will be able to co-create a better world. We will be able to correct the mistakes of the past and move forward in a new direction, on a new vibration, walking this earth with love and respect and light and compassion and generosity and embody our highest selves as individuals and our highest selves as human beings um, on this earth. And we can be everything that we have always been capable of being but that we have shied away from because the material obsession got in the way um i hope that this episode ignited something in you (laughs) i hope that you feel inspired to practice co-creation with god with yourself and in your community i hope that you start paying attention to the little whispers that the universe drops (laughs) in your ears. Um, And I just hope that um, we will all be okay. The Walk On Podcast is a production of Walk On Productions. It is written, recorded, hosted, produced, and marketed by yours truly. That's right, folks. It's a one-person dog and pony show. If you'd like to help keep us afloat, you can donate on our anchor.fm page. That's anchor.fm backslash Brit Cannon. You can also go to my website, BritCannon.me, to access lots of other things like the blog that goes along with this podcast, my two YouTube channels, the Walk On Podcast YouTube channel, and my personal YouTube channel that features my poetry and music. You can access the album Shiny Silver Snakes that I made with my good friend Lokomoko. You can find Mantra, the EP that Walk On, the theme song to this podcast, is part of. And you can find Flight of the Final Girl, which is my debut poetry collection. There's also merch, t-shirts, stickers, mugs, lots of other stuff with the swears on them. (laughs) There are photos, videos, and links to all of the services I offer, including tarot readings, astrology readings, mentorship services, if you'd like some one-on-one consultations outside of the realm of tarot and astrology. And you can also access my self-love course, which is a 30-day journal-centered self-love course that is designed to help you build a deeper friendship and more loving relationship with yourself. There are journal prompts, guided meditations, self-care rituals, letter writing assignments, and a whole lot more. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for doing the work. Happy healing. Until next time. Bye.